reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants Midweek Show. We're going to clean up some of the Packers game, the film from what we've seen. We're not going to do a whole lot of that this week because the season's over. And you, know, you guys don't want to hear a whole lot of film cleanup. Danny, we're going to talk about Ron Rivera. We're going to save that for mailbag. We're going to talk about a lot of coaching changes, possibilities. But Danny, we're going to start with Steve Tisch. And before we get to Steve Tisch, I'm your host, Bobby Skinner. Coming to you with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, how are you doing after our eighth straight loss? Some time to to sleep on it. I mean, I'm doing good. I just accept it at this point. Can't expect anything else. But, yeah, but on the Ron Rivera thing, it's not related to him, but I want to be the the first to wish you a happy two-year anniversary of Ben McAdoo being fired. That's going to be tomorrow. So, well, fun fact right there. And we could be doing this again in a few weeks. Maybe we should do like some anniversary posts. Like, if, <laughs> remember that Snapchat clip I sent you way back? Yeah. While yeah. I was screaming at the TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was actually hilarious. And bro, Benny with the good hair. He had that slick back hair that changed him. I'm gonna find that clip and I'm gonna play it. Um, <laughs> I, it's now my hate for Ben McAdoo has cooled down, but yeah. I seriously did not dislike a guy. In sports, more than Ben McAdoo at that point. I didn't. It's so mad. Like, just like, you disrespectful here. I found the clip. Here it is. Till tomorrow, you suck! (laughs) You're done! (laughs) I even have a little accent. You're done! (laughs) You got that, you guy. You're done! Dude, that was him. That key card comment was legendary. And then the photo of him leaving uh, Quest Diagnostics for the last time, it was oh, beautiful. Oh, and Reese yeah. got fired on that day as well. Can't forget him. Yep. Yeah. Um, the key card comment has become like a hey, fire me comment. <laughs> like Jay Gruden did the same thing this year. Uh, I'm surprised Ron Vera didn't say it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, hey, uh, please fire me because I do not want to come back here. Like you, you know what? As much as Ben McAdoo wanted to be the coach, like yeah. after that week, he's probably like, "Screw all these New York people! I don't want to be coach anyways." Yeah, I'm just more surprised that he has disappeared off the map. The last time we've heard of him was when he interviewed for the Browns OC job, and then he just disappeared for such a young like coach too, which is wild. And he that had a good that- offensive mind as well. He was a good offensive minded yeah. coach. Well, for when we had him for like. The beginning of his time. I think his his out. offense wore like it grew old. It's like yeah, yeah this, people some, this out three seconds of right offense. Away. But then when teams like game plan for for a year or two, it's like okay, this isn't that hard to game plan. Like play cover two on Odell and don't let him take slants to the house. 
Like, well, when he became our head coach, we, for some reason, like, the offense just became obsolete. But beforehand, in Green Bay and the beginning with Coughlin, it felt like it was a decent offense. Yeah, uh, it, it is what it is. Um, Danny, let's talk about Steve Tisch, though. Steve Tisch, um, the first guy in the front office to talk to someone who's not a team employee uh, since before the season. I mean, there was Dave Gettleman talked to, what was it, um, um, somebody in, within the Giants organization, one of those media guys. It was propaganda. The, yeah, and I, I, don't th- I don't think I even read the whole thing. Because one, it's like, I don't really care about these things that much. And it's like, and if it's team controlled, it doesn't, it, like, it's not going to sway me or, or anything. Like, and I know it's full of it. But Steve Tisch did speak. He spoke to our guy, Bruce Beck. Um, Danny, why don't we go through some of those comments and talk about them? Let me first, Steve Tisch, the cool owner of the Giants. Uh, he told Bruce Beck. Uh, he told Bruce Beck, "It's been a frustrated season. At the end of the season, John Mara and I are going to get together and discuss the future. As partners, we have to be very honest with each other about where we see this team going into the 2020 season. First, I just, I, I would pay any amount of money just to sit in that room and just hear that conversation because I just want to know what they're going to say. Obviously, we'll find out, but I want to hear the back and forth they're going to have. But I mean, yeah, as you said, this is the first time he's talked to someone, at least a higher up has talked to someone outside the Giants organization. And it's it's not a vote of confidence. He hasn't said it's it's the patch has got four more games to make an impression on these guys because they're going to talk. And I don't think they're afraid to fire him. They don't want to fire him. They don't want to do another round of changes, but they're growing tired of the Giants being the laugh and stock of the league. And they want to be back on top. And. It, it, they have to figure out if Pat Shermer's the guy. And even Dave Gellman. You can't uh, exclude him from that conversation either. Do you think they have, like, came to a decision? And I'm not saying they have, like, a definite decision. But do you think they're like, okay, like, this is most, like, this is 90% what we're going to do unless something crazy changes, like, one way or the other? It, it would I, I'm going to say no, but I think they definitely have their faults in it, especially Mara. Because we we Mara's been more well seen. He's been frustrated inside MedLife Stadium when he's I feel like he's more easily influenced by the fans too. Yeah, Mara is Steve Tisch. That I'm more of a fan of Steve Tisch in general because I believe he's Mara views it as yeah, as you said, he views it from the fan perspective. While Tisch does that as well, Mara wants to get the more money in his pocket because this is the organization his father bought, and it feels like it's being run into the ground. He wants to get back off top right away. Steve Tisch. He knows that it could be a process to get it done. But I, I, I personally don't believe they don't have a decision made yet. Obviously, they're disappointed in what's happened, but they're going to have to sit down, and I think they'll make their decision Sunday night because we'll find out Black Monday. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen in season. I know some people think, like, what – and I, I say if, like, as if Pastor Murray is being fired for sure. Uh, unless, I, they, know, this- unless they get embarrassed this Monday night on, in, on prime time, I'm just saying. I think it would take losing to the Redskins or the Dolphins. I think both those games have to be wins. Which at this point, like, like now I'm starting to gain a good row attached to Chase Young to a point. Um, so those wins wouldn't necessarily be good for the long term. I just but need a win. I know. I just I need something to talk about. I don't care if we lose Chase Young. I don't care if we lose Chase Young at this point. I need a win. <laughs> I don't care anymore, Bobby. I need a win in my life. Well, we just need all those other teams to win their game so that we can win and still get Chase Young. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think they, I think they have pretty much made up their mind. I don't think I don't think much has changed. And I think as much as like those Sunday night rumors came out from Mike Florio, who Mike Florio, I just 
I used to like Florida. Now he like he becomes like a conspiracy theorist. Like his tweets are so bad. He thinks everything is like is like some inside job kind of thing. Um, so I I really do think they've given Shermer a vote of confidence. But at the same time, that very well may have changed. Anyways, so Steve Tish saying like you know we're gonna talk about it. Um, I would love to be there too. I'd love to see like what the how the fans influence them, how Dave Gellman influences them. Like I. I, like you said, man, it'd be it'd be something cool to be a fly on that wall. Yeah, that, I, I I don't think Sharon's got a vote of confidence either because it, that's just my personal opinion. The way it sounds like Mara's been frustrated, especially at games. But Florio, well, I that that's nothing like special. If Pat Shermer senses what's coming, I mean, like he he knows he needs to win, or else it's it's getting uglier for him. I I don't believe anything until. We finally get confirmation because that's just rumors at that point. Yeah, Jay Glazer, well, say something. Yeah, and Florio is not uh, – Florio, what, he talks about like more – and we have not seen Rappaport say that, Schefter say that, literally any beat writer say that. It's only been Mike Florio. No one else has backed that up. How can we even how, – how can we even know that that's correct? That yeah, Florio's wrong all the time, damn it. Like, I, don't, I don't listen to Florio. Yeah, it's, it's Schefter uh, and Rappaport, and even them – like they are the two guys, but they ain't Glazer. Glazer don't come with quantity, but he is like on the money quality. I mean, because like you know, like we said before, Rapport will report that Antonio Brown's being traded to the Bills, and Adam Schefter will report that Condoleezza Rice is being rec- uh, like considered for the Browns' head coaching job. So it's like, yeah, they these guys get fooled a time or two. Um, but what what was the other Steve Tisch uh, quote with with Bruce Beck? This one definitely uh, probably bothered a lot of Giants fans where he said, I'm asking for patience. I'm being patient, which you know at times is challenging. Please be understanding and patient. I want Giants fans to feel that their voice is being heard. That's probably that beginning part of asking for patience, probably the worst thing you could say to a New York fan base. We are not patient and that our voices are being heard. I mean, yeah, they they hear we're annoyed, but they're going to make the decision that's best in interest of the New York Giants. They're not going to. If if we hate Pat Shermer, but they believe he's a the guy, they're not going to fire him because we're saying fire him. That's not how that works. Uh, you never know with John Mara. Like I, I think he is pretty influenced by the fans, whether you like that or not. Um, and I guess we'll get into more of what happens. Yeah, it was, it was, it was some news. Like you know, he didn't say anything that was like wowing. He didn't say anything that got anybody mad. Um, which, like, anytime John Mara speaks, it seems like people get mad, like, no matter what he says. Um, so it was it was good to see it here from Uncle Steve, I guess. Uncle Steve, yeah. As I said, I'm a fan of Steve Tisch. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Four more games, uh, four, four dreadful games we have to sit through, uh, three division games and the Dolphins. I mean, yeah, it, it's I wouldn't put it past the Giants that they lose all these games. But uh, as, as we said, we don't think they'll fire a guy midseason. But if Mara reaches that point of anger, when he, I he he's, I, I could see him being a very angry guy and making a rash decision, I wouldn't put it by the Giants. He's fired. If they get embarrassed Monday night, that might put the fire under see more. But I'm with you. Maybe if they lose to either the Redskins or the Dolphins, that could be the nail in the coffin. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk more head coach stuff in mailbag. Let's get to some film cleanup. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, basically. Let's talk about Daniel Jones first. Um, we know the second interception was an overthrow. I think there's really not much more to it than that. 
The first one where it was like, oh, my gosh, he threw it right into that guy's hands. It was actually a very good play call by the Packers defense because it was third and ten, so they knew we had to really get to the sticks. And on the outside, it was man coverage with two safeties over the top. So King was kind of expecting a curl route. So he, like, played man coverage with him, but then he sagged off. And then once, like, you know, once he got to the sticks and, and Slayton, like, slows down to make his break, he just turns and he's underneath. And he can do that because they had that safety over the top. So he didn't have to worry about Slayton going deep and burning him because he had that safety over the top. It, it was really a good defensive play call. Um, if Jones throws that ball half a second earlier, it might not be an interception. Uh, but the pocket kind of broke down a little bit, although that wasn't an excuse on that play. Uh, it was just a good play by the defense and, you know, a, a bad read on Daniel Jones. I don't I don't think there was much more to it than that. Uh, well, clearly Jones has regressed off all the, the interceptions he had on, <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he had he had good moments. He had bad moments. He, it, it's so annoying that we forget at times players are rookies. Can we not have our rookies make mistakes, especially the guy, that quarterback? The quarterback is a position that's going to take time. I, obviously, I know people will be like, oh, but look at Patrick Mahomes. He did great in this first season. Well, he had the bench. He had Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches in the game of football. Uh, and look at Lamar Jackson. He struggled his first year, but look at him now. So you, Don't you, look at Josh Allen, though, because Bill's fans will say that you're – bashing him although i kind of was i'm not the biggest josh Allen's fan bill's fans love him up there i went up to buffalo and i don't blame them i don't blame them for loving him but there is still like he's not an accurate guy we saw it when we when he faced us he just would he missed guys he had like a touchdown he just missed the guy by 10 yards um yeah i haven't watched a whole lot of them you know i watched the majority of the thanksgiving game but, like, when we were doing the prep for that one, the Jets game, he missed guys. He threw interceptions. And maybe he's gotten better since. But, like, his accuracy has always been an issue. Um, he relies on his legs. Uh, I don't I don't really think Josh Allen's going to be great long term. I think he could be a good quarterback, and he's the best thing the Bills have had in a long time. But, like, I'm, I, and this isn't me being homer. I'm just way more confident in Daniel Jones. I mean, they got more wins at MetLife Stadium than we do, so maybe they're on to something. But... <laughs> That was my favorite thing. It's like, oh, the Bills have won games this year. It's like, yeah, I know. I'm literally comparing their rookie years where Josh Allen completed only 50% of his passes and threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He was garbage. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we've got to understand players. Some of these guys are rookies, and they're going to struggle. Some who it's, – it's just – Players develop at different times. At Daniel Jones, you can't tell me he has not had good moments this year. You'd be lying to yourself. The guy has talent. That that one pass where he completely missed Sterling Shepard was his worst pass of the year. That was by far in a mile his worst pass of the year. The guys that you saw the way pass, yeah, you saw the way on that uh, uh, the read option he ran when he put his head down and ran right into that Packers player. Guy showed no fear. All right, that was a damn play. Yeah, I, I literally said in our Instagram live show, Daniel Jones is that type of guy to put his helmet down and run straight in you. He ain't afraid. So quit the crap with complaining about Jones. Is he going to struggle? Yeah, but guess what? Maybe th- these days will better him for the future. All right? like It does have fumbles, though, Dan- uh, Danny. We, yeah, yeah, but let's look at how many of those have been caused by Nate Solder. And Demar Scott. I love the fumble reply guy. It's like, I, like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I know. Uh, and then the third interception to Slayton. I don't want to say Satan slowed up because that makes it seem like he gave up on the play. 
what happened was he went to get in, like he started on the outside of that corner and he went to go get inside leverage. But when he was doing that, Jones was already in his backswing. So um, I guess you could call that on timing or a rookie wide receiver and rookie QB. It's hard to, from the outside, say which one that was on. But uh, Slayton, it wasn't Slayton just like slowing up and giving up on a play. It was Slayton trying to get inside leverage and he did it a little too late in the play. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what what one went through Slayton's mind. We we're, it's it happens. Players sometimes if they slow up, they slow up. At at that point, Sean's where he went. So at that point, I, I frankly didn't didn't care. Obviously, this was more tightly contested game. I don't think Slayton would have slowed up like he did, but he did. But let's make it clear: Slayton's a baller. He's made he's made good catches, especially two in that uh, uh, the. Packers game, the one on the sideline which Jones threw beautifully, and the one the deep pass Jones threw that was unfortunately called back was still a great catch by Slade. And so they're gonna be a duo of the future. And yeah, he, he's been unbelievable, man. And it's, he's not. He's not, it's not been Odell like. Yeah, he he's not. He can't replace Odell. No one can replace Odell. But I think we got a pretty good substitute for a future guy. He's not gonna make no three fingered catches in the end zone, but he is setting up nicely. Him and Jones. Shepard, Saquon, that that that's a quad right there that I'm I'm happy about. I couldn't think of a better word for that one. Uh, a pack, the pack. I like that one. And of, and of brothers. Yeah, and he's I the like guy it. who's he's the only guy who's gotten to play every game with Daniel Jones as well too. I mean, he's been really solid. Um, you know, the Tampa game, he came in and had a big play. The only game he didn't really do much was the um was the Washington game. He only had two catches for 13 yards. And then the, the Monday night against Dallas, he was he didn't do anything at all. He had, he had six yards. Besides that, he's been pretty solid in every single game. Um, I mean, even look at, like, the, the Detroit games. Like, he only had two catches, both touchdowns. Um, so he's been a really, like, huge bright spot on the offense. He's the better big play slay. He is. He really is. Um, and, like, it's not like a like when he had his first couple of good games. It's like okay, like he's fast, he's got some size, like th- that kind of stuff happens with wide receivers every year. But no, he's he's been consistent. Um, the other thing I wanted to address, film cleanup, the Damari Scott, like the the Bosch handoff. Uh, that play was ran earlier as a fake handoff to Damari Scott, and it would have been a touchdown. So, I, how can you get on Shermer? For coming back to that, I'm like, okay, this time we're going to hand it off. The look was there. And you know what? If that handoff is clean, it's a 10-yard, maybe more gain if he can break a guy. Like, it was, well, it was it was a play design that should have gained a lot of yards, and they just botched the handoff, snap, timing. I don't know what it was. I mean, we, we can't give Sherman credit for anything at this point. It, uh, mistakes happen, as you said. They ran it earlier, especially the fake, and they decided to go back to it a second time. It's it, stuff like that happens. It happened all around the league fumbles. All right. It's, it, there's nothing. Yeah. We snap time is off. Maybe Scott ran too early. Who who knows what went wrong? But fortunately, it didn't work. And that's the only way we're going to remember it now. If it worked, we, we'll be like, oh, what a great play call from Shermer. But since it didn't work, we're like, oh, Shermer, you suck. You're fired. Get out of here. That's that. That's what it is now. Either if a Shermer play works, we, we don't say anything about it. But if a play does bad, we're bashing him like crazy. <laughs> that's. That's the way it goes. Um, on defense, I didn't really have any anything, Danny. Did you have anything else on offense you wanted to cover? Uh, the offensive line communication at times was quite poor this game, especially that one play 
and the what was it? The beginning, the one that Baldy break broke down, in which like Hernandez completely left Jalapio alone, and he had to try and block two guys, which is impossible to do. What is Kenny, Kenny Clark and Blake Martinez? No way Jalapio started uh, stopping Kenny Clark, and let alone Blake Martinez at the same time. And then yeah, it, it seemed like communication was poor at times, and we all know Hal Hunter. I, I'm not. I don't know how Hunter, I don't know how much of a difference he makes for this team, but he needs to sit these guys down and get their communication better for Monday night against Philadelphia. Do you think how Hunter gets fired regardless? Uh, Yeah, I say he'll get fired because there's no way Shermer's pleased of how some of his offensive linemen have played, and especially this Sunday against the Packers, communication was just poor. Yeah. Nate Soldier still does high school stuff, and part of that is on, like, you know what, you're an NFL player, figure it out. And it's hard to judge position coaches because we don't get to see any of that on game day. We just we just kind of guess, like, oh, this is because of coaching. It's, it's, it's hard to say from the outside looking in. But from the outside looking in, Hal Hunter has looked horrible. I mean, Hernandez hasn't – Hernandez has, has some, like, really good games, but overall he hasn't looked, be- like, much better than last year. Soldier's, like, been worse. Uh, and that's saying a lot because he wasn't good last year. Uh, Jalapio, Jalapio is who he is. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be horrible. He's definitely better than Spencer Pulley. Uh, Zeitler hasn't looked his best, but he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Remmers, I will say, I've been very pleased with Remmers. I, I can't say that enough. Remmers was a great signing for this team. I, I wouldn't be mad if he comes back um, next year if you know if the Giants draft a rookie, like if they if they either draft Andrew Thomas or somebody in the first round. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think Hal Hunter comes back though next year. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell with these, uh, these position coaches and some of them are horrible. And that's like a, a flaw of coaches as being loyal to their guys. And I don't know how Hunter and, and, and Pat Schirmer's relationship, but it's hard for them to fire each other. But yeah, Hal Hunter looks really bad from the outside looking in. Uh, if Shermer's retained, there will be massive amount of turnover on his coach and staff because they just haven't looked good. But another question for you, I think the Giants need to look at centers in the offseason. Do you think so, or do you think they need to just roll with Jalapio? No, I, I definitely do, and that could be something they look in the draft. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any in free agency, is there? I don't know any centers off the top of my head in free agency. We could look that up now, possibly. I have to look up NFL because there's centers in NBA. Uh, all right. 2012 NFL free agent tracker position center. Maybe Nick Gates can play center. Did anybody ever think of that? I did. They anyway. have said he could play all positions on the offensive line. Like why? But why? Like why not try him out there? Like it doesn't make any sense not to. Uh, everybody, nice. everybody in there's pretty old. Bring back Brett Jones. Brett Jones. Who? Connor McGovern in Denver, is he good? Uh, I think he follows me on Twitter. Uh, Jalapio. This guy, John Jalapio, he's a free agent. Oh, John. I, mm, he, he could be someone I would like the Giants to look into. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no one interested on this list. Let's so. try Nick Gates at it. Let's let's get Nick Gates on the field somehow. That's my, that's my point I'm going to make. I, I wonder if the Giants, because since they're probably going to have a high stack, uh, first round pick that means you're also gonna have a high second round pick i wonder will they not move like because last year they moved up in the draft to get back into the first round because they probably felt baker would not reach them in the second round i wonder if 
this year will they stay put and hope because there, there's going to be some all good off the line in that fall, just like example Will Hernandez fell in 2018. So I feel like the Giants are at least drafting defense with this uh, the six or no, that was last year's pick or at least the, the at least the second right now and then maybe in the second round they go off the line and I would assume left tackle but there's still good centers in this draft so yeah we'll I, see for me the draft is either Chase Young or Andrew Thomas the the tackle out of Georgia and I haven't watched everybody yet. I've watched, you know, I watched Andrew Thomas last offseason to kind of get a head start and then realize that was dumb. But Andrew Thomas is one of those guys I watched. Um, I, I really think it comes down to those two. I'm looking forward to draft coverage this year. Oh, I really am, too. All right. Speaking of high draft picks, we traded a third round for this guy, Leonard Williams. He had a really good game. Um, listen, I, I'm not saying the trade was great. I'm wait, I'm holding out on that to see what kind of contract he gets. But nonetheless, I'm glad he's on this football team. I think he's going to make a, a big impact going forward. And he had a really good game against Green Bay. And that, and I will say, that's something that Jones, like there's things that obviously Jones has to work on in the offseason, fumbles, and, you know, ball security. It's obviously the top of the list. But I say the biggest one would be manipulating the pocket because you can't just like like plant in your spot and then just stare downfield. You have to be able to know how to keep your eyes downfield but manipulate yourself in the pocket. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are, you know, arguably two like the two best QBs in the NFL throughout a time. You know, things are changing now with, with Pat Mahomes and, and you could say Lamar and guys like that. But what those guys do extremely well is manipulate the pocket. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers showed that uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I, 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 it's unfair to give a, uh, Leonard Williams' opinion this soon in his career as a giant. We at least have to wait until next year when we see him for a full season hopefully so i see the potential in bringing him in but yeah so far it hasn't been anything special he had a decent game against the packers this sunday but once again it's too soon to make an assumption and if you're making an assumption right now then you're 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 just fooling yourself there's no way you can have a good feel of leonard williams right now i mean this defense this was jay i feel like this was james betcher's worst game as a uh as our defensive coordinator, Matt Rule and Aaron Rodgers, they picked this defense apart at times. It was, it, I feel like this was the game that had Matt, to be eye opening. Matt Lafleur, uh, Matt Lafleur, yeah, I think this had to be the game that was eye opening for Shermer. Like, if he re- if he's retained, he's got to be like, yeah, you're gone. I feel like the Jets game should have been that, to be honest, because um, it was so clear cut. It's like, here's what what happens when we played aggressive, and things went well, and here's what happens when we didn't, and things went. Horrible. Yeah, it, it just James. The fact that he hasn't been fired this season is quite shocking to me because I thought Pat Sherman would just have lost it and on him at this point. But I guess he's maybe looking at the guys that can replace Betcher. He's like, for interim, he's like, I got no one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all, they're they're, gonna, they're not going to do anything different. So, all right, let's take a break and we'll get into mailbag. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. I see. Gracias, Steve. Dave Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. 
I dropped Spanish uh, in there in the half drive. I got the credit Learn I needed. It. Learn I, it. I got the credit I needed. When I gave, gave it a shot, and then the moment the teacher only get, talked to us in Spanish, I was like, all right, that's my cue to leave. Uh, next Meaning question. When I finished Spanish and called, I said, why did y'all make me take this useless class? And now I spend like, almost all my time around people that speak Spanish, and I wish I knew it because sometimes they talk. But I call them out on it like i will i will say that about myself because i have a lot of friends who speak spanish and sometimes they'll say something and i'm like why are you talking trash about me and then they'll tell me i'll guilt <laughs> them telling me what they said in english <laughs> that's a smart idea uh the first question comes from toe for pete at toe for pete 629 he uh he said just a thought and two questions any chance rivera in your opinion would consider being a defensive coordinator for us haha and then his second question is, any chance Giants get a new head coach but demote Shermer to concentrate on Jones and not mess up his progress? Far-fetched questions for fun. To answer the, the Shermer thing first, because that's the simplest one, He no, no head coach in their right mind would take a— de- The only way a head coach will accept a demotion is if they're fired. No head coach will willingly say, yeah, I'll step down from my head coach position to become an offensive coordinator. If you do that, then, I don't know, maybe you just love the team that much. The only person that could do that would be, like, David Cutcliffe. If he was, like, if he became the head coach and he's like, I love Daniel Jones so much, he is like a son to me, that I will be your janitor if I can spend time with him. But, yeah, Pat Shermer, no way in hell. <laughs> there's no way he would do that. Uh, there's no NFL coach would do that. These guys have... Huge egos, and that's what gets him to this point. But, um, And then the other question about Ron Rivera as a D.C. So let's talk about Ron Rivera. Uh, one, I think someone's going to give him a head coaching job, so I, I don't see him being a defensive coordinator anywhere in the NFL because he's going to get a head coaching job if that's what he wants. Now, obviously, I've been in the boat of keep Shermer and Gettleman, and then I made the video on Monday morning saying, if you do get rid of Shermer, you kind of have to get rid of Gettleman. Because that turns into a net, like a bad spiral of desperate people. Because what happens is, okay, you fire Shermer, and you could say Dave Gilman, you got one year to figure it out. So he gets his head coach, and he gets say so spends free agency money really badly, and say it doesn't go well next season, and people are like Gilman, 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 look at what he did in free agency, and then you fire Gilman, but you keep that head coach because he's only been there one year. Then you bring in a new GM, and it's like. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll play with this for one year, but that's not my coach. And then so he fires that coach and brings his own guy in, and it just really turns into like a bad spiral. Whereas I think like if you're bringing in a young guy, which we'll get to, like or, or a diff, like a guy that like is different and doesn't have that respect, a guy who's getting his first shot. I just don't see how you can bring like keep DG Dave Gelman in. And if I love I like Dave Gelman, I like him more than Pat Shermer. But the problem is it just doesn't. I, it just doesn't work that way in a business, and that which it's so cutthroat. Um, that being said, Ron Rivera is the only is one of, if not the only guy, where I can see them keeping Dave Gettleman if they're going to fire Pat Shermer, because like Ron Rivera has that respect. Ron Rivera would, in a sense, demand that patience because he's been a winner. Like you know, as much as like I, as much as I don't care about Pat Shermer's Cleveland record. It's there, you know, like he didn't prove anything in Cleveland. So Ron Rivera would kind of deserve, like deserve, like earn that respect. And, you know, Gettleman didn't hire him, but they did work together and there which should be some kind of mutual respect if that was the hire that was made. So Gettleman is the one guy 
with Rivera. And I and I like Rivera. I like Ron Rivera a lot. I think he's done good uh, jobs with Carolina teams that haven't had that much talent. Um, and they have had talent, but I'm saying like, like okay, the Carolina team, they went 15-1. and Now, a lot of that was Cam Newton having an amazing season. But I thought that team was going to be so bad, Danny. I remember talking that beginning of that season. I picked the Jags to beat them week one that year because I was like, this Panthers team is just not that talented. And they really put it together. I mean, we know that Josh, you know, as Giants fans, we know Josh Norman is overrated. Luke Keekley is a beast. Tom Davis was a beast. But, like, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, guys on that team that were, like, like scared you. There's good pieces. Uh, so I, I like Ron Rivera. I think he's gotten um, the most out of his teams and teams that, like, like these past couple of years where they haven't done well, these teams aren't talented. They don't have any talent on defense besides Luke Keekley, who's banged up a lot. Uh, yeah, I I only see Ron Rivera getting a head coaching job. Uh, because he's still a bunch of very capable head coach, and yeah, the the Panthers have lost four straight, but Ron Rivera is still very much can't coach in this league. But t- to your Dave Gellman thing, I'm of the opposite mindset. Dave Gellman, he is he has rebuilt this roster, and I don't th- I think he's the one here for the long haul. Because he can fire Pat Shermer. Here, here's my thoughts on this. You you don't fire the GM that you let trade away Odell Beckham Jr. You let him trade away Jason Pierre. Jason Pierre Paul has struggled, but still, like he's made some big time decisions. Pierre Paul, he let Landon Collins walk. He traded for Jabril Peppers. There's too much at. This is still a formulated team under Dave Gelman, and I don't want to see him fired, unless at least. I say Dave Gellman at least has another year or two to figure out what's going on, maybe a year at most, because he has drafted incredibly. Yes, his free agent signs have been off, but I think you got to hold on to him and give him a, a possibly a second shot at finding a head coach. That's just me personally. I know Dave Gellman's been in the league for a long time, but I think getting rid of him would set the team back even more, in my opinion. That That's my thoughts on the Dave Gellman thing. Well, I, I like Dave Gellman, and I, I, in a sense, would trust him going forward. The thing is, if Dave Gettleman tra- changes, if his guy gets fired, because then it turns into desperation. We saw that with Jerry Reese when Coughlin was fired. Went out and got all his free agents, and it turned into a good year that next season. But, like, you know, those cap, you know, they had a, a lot of cap space allocated to those guys. And I don't know. I just don't think it, I don't think it works as well as, like, we would like it to. Like, it's not that I don't think that Gettleman could have good drafts and stuff, but guys get desperate. Um so, yeah, but that being said, I do like Ron Rivera a lot. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from DreadXCII at Dread underscore XCII. He asked, I think even if Shermer stays next year, James Betcher is gone, what would be the pros and cons of switching back to a 4-3 scheme? Do we have the personnel to make a switch like that? Bobby, what are your thoughts on the 4-3? Okay, so I believe James Betcher is gone no matter what as well, and I think that's deservedly so. I'm I'm pretty anti-James Betcher at this point. Uh, now, there wouldn't be that much of a difference because we play nickel almost all the time. And by nickel, for people who don't know who that is, that's three corners and two safeties. So basically, you have two linebackers and four defense alignment. And I know Marcus Golden and Lorenzo Carter are listed as linebackers, but they're, they're mainly defense alignment. They do drop back in coverage here and there, but those guys are defense alignment. So the change isn't much. It would be... Weird to bring back a guy like Golden, who would be undersized for a traditional 4-3 defensive end. Um, you could put Leonard Williams out there. Dexter Lawrence could even play a little 4-3 D end. Uh, if you brought Chase Young back, it would make that. If or if you drafted Chase Young, that would change. That would make it a lot easier because he could, you know, be a, a true a true defensive end in a 4-3. Um, in fact, it would. 
I don't know how I'd feel about him standing up in a three four. If I actually would, if we're gonna get Chase Young, uh, I would prefer that. Uh, I I do I do prefer a four three though. I think a four three works better in the playoffs, um, especially if you don't have the greatest linebackers, which the Giants don't have. Um, and that's the thing is it doesn't it doesn't it's not like the Giants have to go and like oh we have a we're changing our defensive system now we have to change our linebackers. It's like we already have to change our linebackers anyways. Uh, Ogletree would probably fit a little better in a 4-3 uh, where he's just playing flat out in the middle instead of you know playing a, a B and sometimes C gap so you'd have to go out and get guys but you have to go out and get guys those positions anyway so I don't think it's that much of a difference though because we play the nickel so much but yeah I, I prefer for Giants football I prefer a 4-3 yeah I'm a 4-3 type of guy in Madden when you're able to treat your defenses I always go with the 4-3 I'm just a 4-3 fan and me, I'm with you I think me me me, like in my defensive system, like if I were to be a defensive coordinator, off rip, I would go 3-4 because I think there's a lot more multiple, like different things you can do. But like a good 4-3, like a great 4-3 is better than a great 3-4 to me. I yeah. know like we sound like assholes like and talk, we sound like we're saying nothing, but I just kind of believe that. It's just our preferences. When you look at a defense, I, I'm always a fan of a 4-3. I feel like, as you say, you got the – and just the Giants just play Nick all the time. What's the difference? You, it just benefits the defense more, especially, let's say, the Giants get Chase Young. That would – I don't know why I said that like I'm disappointed in that. Uh, it, it just it, – it, it, we have so much talent on this defensive line that I feel like a 4-3 would just benefit us even more, in my opinion. And what, what was the second question? I, oh, oh, yeah. It, it, uh, James Betcher's gone no matter what. If Pat Shermer stays, he's fired. If Pat Shermer's fired, James Betcher's fired. There's no way James Betcher will be with us next year. I wonder, would he get another shot at it? He probably would. Or Yeah, he probably would. Do you think James Betcher would get another shot at deep scoring there next year? Or do you think teams may stay away, away from him for a year? I don't know. And the argument to, that is made, like, oh, he, had, he coached top five defenses for Arizona. It's like, yeah, but he was handed, and he played the exact same scheme as Todd Bowles, and he had all those guys knowing how to use him, like, I don't feel, I don't I don't give him that much credit for it. And you know what? He doesn't coach the same way. Uh, he was blitzing like four, over forty percent for an entire season like that. There's times this year where he blitzes like eighteen percent in a game. So Betcher like hasn't done what he was brought in to do. And please spare me the personnel argument because we've seen one way work and one way not work, and he does the way that doesn't work more often, especially on third down. Yeah. Final question comes from Matt Carson at plug, but the L is a one underscore bankrupt. He has top head coach candidates or Shermer's fired. You know, you know, the guys that have already been thrown around. You got Garrett, uh, Rivera rule. I feel like there's someone else that I'm forgetting right there, but uh, we haven't obviously looked at head coaches in depth, but one guy that I, I'm kind of intrigued by and wouldn't mind being a head coach. It's Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator out of the 49ers. I don't know why, but I'm a fan of this guy. His defense in San Francisco is fantastic. I don't know exactly what defense he runs there. He might be running a free four, so. but that besides the point. I'm a fan of Robert Sala. He seems like a team guy. Like Shermer, he's a player's guy, and so is Robert Sala. Robert Sala is young. I believe we could benefit from having a defensive-minded head coach because that would benefit the defense. And then he, I feel like he'll have a good offensive coordinator to bring in and help develop Jones. So I think Robert Sala will be a guy. I wouldn't mind my uh, head coach. Bob, do you got anyone? Right now, uh, one would be Ron Rivera. Like Ron Rivera is the clear one with me. 
Rule could be like now. I haven't looked at Rule. I've you know, I watched like a five minute video on him. Uh, you know, I looked at some like his previous records, and I asked Giants fans like, "Hey, what do you guys know about Matt Rule?" So I, I like what I hear about him, um, but I'm also not sure. I like I haven't like seen his offense. Like that, I really think that's the most important thing is what are you like X's and O's wise. Uh, so I haven't seen that, but from what I hear, Matt Rule seems like a really intriguing candidate. Uh, after that, man, I feel like it's a steep drop off to me because, like, Jim Harbaugh is he a guy I want? No. Is Jason Garrett a guy I want? Hell, Hell no. no. Is, is Mike McCarthy a guy I want? No. Salah, I don't know anything about him. I haven't looked at him at all, so you know it's hard for me to say on him. Um, you know what? You want to know something crazy? Before I'd want Jim Harbaugh. Before I'd want Mike McCarthy. Before I'd want Jason Garrett. I'd take Jay Gruden. I really would. And I, I really want Jason. I want Jay Gruden to be the offensive coordinator next year, no matter who the head coach is. I don't care if they sign. I don't care if, if Sean McVay becomes the head coach. I want Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, right now, the two guys that really pique my interest is Ron Rivera and Matt Rule. But that can change. Like, you know, we haven't started diving. Like, the only coordinators that have been talked about is Salah. Like, there's not another coordinator that's out there that we, like, really talked about. Like, please don't say Josh McDaniels. We, the problem is with head coaching candidates, you can look at the coordinators, but I want to see what head coaches get fired on Black Monday just to get the lay of the land to see what's going on around the league. Because, uh, I mean, you could find diamonds in the roughs. Like, the uh, the Colts and Frank Reich, he's a diamond in the rough for the Colts. Now, I know they're struggling, but for having your team – your franchise quarterback retire on you. I feel like he's doing. They're doing fine. I know they're the Colts fans are saying their playoff hopes are over, but Frank Wright, that's a diamond in the rough. But this this Saturday, if, if you're a true fan of Matt Rule, you got this kind of an advertisement for ESPN. But tune into the uh, Big Twelve Championship game and see how they do against the Sooners because the first time they played the Sooners. They were dominated them that first half, but then the second half, the defense fell apart. The offense didn't get anything going. So I want to see how Matt Rule adjusts to see how is he able to handle uh, Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley's offense. Because I'm a huge fan of Lincoln Riley and uh, Jalen Hurts as well, and they're very di- and Jalen Hurts is dynamic. I want to see how they fix what they did wrong in Baylor in that first half and try and play how they did the second half for all four quarters. So make sure you watch the Big Twelve Championship game to see if you think Matt Rule's the guy. That's just right there. That's a big challenge for Matt Rule. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that game. All right, Danny, I think that's it for me. A lot of coach talk. Uh, Wednesday episodes are a little more relaxed. We do have it. We do, you know, we're bringing back pregame show Friday. We didn't do it last week because Thanksgiving. We have a guest on, uh, Danny. And, you know, we had Robert Smith on of Windy City Gridiron. Now, we have an Eagles fan coming on this week. His name is Michael Kist at Michael Kist NFL. Um, Michael, be rude. Mike, Mike, be rude Michael, Be- Michael better kiss uh, Daniel Jones' feet as he dominates the Eagles on Monday. How about that? I, I like that one. I mean, th- this Thursday, it, it's going to get heated because I, I hate the city of Philadelphia. Now, if you're from the city of Philadelphia, I'm sorry, but I hate your city. I hate the people of that city. I hate all their sports teams. I hate that city with a, a, with a passion. I hate that city. Should we play as our outro song on Friday, the Bill Burr Philadelphia rant? Have you ever listened to that, Danny? I I haven't listened to that, but if it rants on Philadelphia, I'm all for it. Okay, well, I'm going to text it to you as soon as the show's over. And if listeners, if you haven't heard that, please do. I cried laughing at it. 
Um, now, I might have just oversold it to you, and you don't think it's that funny, but I, I, I truly think it's, it's pretty funny. It goes off on Philadelphia pretty good. All right, that's the show. We'll see you guys on Friday. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Until then, let's go Big Blue.